Pauline, give me some of your tots. I ate his liver with some fava beans. Nice candy. Combo, pan fry, deep fry, stir fry. Yummy! Hey guys, welcome to another episode of The Cooking Show. I am your host, Bob. This week we are making some homemade oatmeal cream pies. I'm getting over a uh, kind of a lengthy cold, so hopefully my voice sounds okay. I'll try to clip out all the sniffs and coughs and all that kind of stuff. But I've been looking forward to making this recipe since I'd say late April, whenever I planted a plot of oats next to the garden. Oats are harvested, they are threshed, they are winnowed, they are gleaned. <laughs> and uh, this weekend, made some homemade oatmeal cream pies. Love oatmeal cream pies, but man, they are absolutely terrible for you. So not saying that this is necessarily a, a health food by any stretch, but the list of ingredients is certainly shorter than that in the Little Debbie oatmeal cream pies. And uh, we don't, we're not including anything like Blue One, Red 40, propylene glycol, monosterate, or anything like that all just normal ingredients that you probably have available to you. So we'll run through this recipe, uh, check the show notes for the Imager album, step-by-step -step photos. I don't think, probably not gonna have any uh, special ingredients, special equipment, this is all pretty simple. Uh, having a, a stand mixer certainly would be helpful. If not a hand mixer, you know, the little handheld thing with the two beaters on it, that, uh, I think I use that the majority. I mean, I used the, the, the stand mixer for making the dough, but for creaming the butter, uh, for both the dough and the cream filling, the hand mixer works a lot better for that. Mainly because you, you don't control where the beater beaters go, whether it's the paddle, uh, the whisk attachment or whatever with the stand mixer, it kind of just goes in an orbital pattern. So it can take longer to fully and thoroughly cream butter into sugar. If you can't like control, like, oh, here's a, here's some butter stuck to the side of the mixing bowl. I'm going to go over there and whip it off. Uh, it just gets a little easier, a little bit more thorough, um, when you use the hand mixer. But so we basically have two parts of this recipe, uh, the cookies themselves, and then the cream filling, both are really simple. Uh, and you could, you could do them separately. You could use the cream filling as like a buttercream frosting for some other type of confection. You can make the cookies by themselves. You could add raisins to them to make oatmeal raisin cookies, whatever. We'll talk a little bit about growing and processing oats also, because that was kind of a fun journey. Uh, let's start with that. I planted a plot of oats uh, and a plot of wheat uh, towards the end of April, beginning of May. And both of these grow at, is a fast growing grass essentially. So once it gets established, once it starts growing, it will not necessarily outcompete lower growing weeds and grasses and whatever, but it will certainly grow above them so that you don't necessarily have to like weed between rows or in between stalks or anything like that. Towards the end of the growing season, once the oats have put seed heads on, they will start to um, die back and, and turn brown. And uh, they'll remain upright. So when, once they've turned brown and dried out a little bit, you just whack them all down with a sickle or a scythe. You could use a machete or a corn knife or even a pair of garden shears or something like that. And I just kind of gathered all the stalks together in big piles and then using uh, you know a cheap barrel of bungee cords, kind of wrap them into individual, oh, what would you call it? Like bundles? 
and then hung them in our detached garage so that they could dry out a little further. When you get to separating the actual oat seed from the chaff and, and all the all the fiber surrounding it, whatever, a couple ways to do that. We tried it. So with the oats, what we did is we, we did it the traditional way where you lay them all out on a tarp and then use kind of a, um, a flexible stick and just whack them, just keep beating them. And that beats a lot of the seed heads off of the stock, knocks a lot of the oats out of the seed head. And then you kind of accumulate all this and then hand process by grabbing handfuls of it in a bucket and coarsely rubbing them together. Basically, you're using friction to sort of exfoliate the oat out of this out of the uh, surrounding uh, fiber. And uh, what you do, you end up with a bucket of what we call oats and chaff and to separate the, you know, the unseeded chaff from the oats, what we did was I used a, a wading pool with uh, like a utility fan, like one of those floor fans, circular fan things that you get at like tractor supply to ventilate a barn or an attic or whatever. Have that sitting there, turn that on so the air is blowing across the top of the wading pool and then very slowly uh, dump everything from the bucket from the bucket to the wading pool, the wind blows the lighter chaff away and the oats fall into the pool. And you just do this over and over and over again. And in between each winnowing, you go through and, and exfoliate those oats again, get more of the chaff off. And after several days of doing this, we had a couple of quarts of you know dry, clean, processed oats. And that's what we're using predominantly for these cookies. All right, we'll go through ingredients for this. For the cookies, we're gonna be using a cup of unsalted butter, and you want that to soften up a little bit because we have to cream this butter into sugar and uh, just put it in a bowl, let it sit out on the, on the counter for, I don't know, an hour, hour and a half. It'll soften up nicely and be very workable. We're gonna use three quarters of a cup of brown sugar. You can use light brown sugar if you'd like, I'd prefer to use dark brown sugar because we aren't using all of these sort of auxiliary ingredients that the Little Debbie cakes have. Chances are your cookies are going to be lighter in color than than what you get from the gas station. <laughs> uh, but in any in any instance where you can use like the darker version of something, dark brown sugar, maybe a little bit of molasses or something like that, you can get them closer to that dark kind of gooey molassesy color of. The, um, the little Debbie cakes, but you know, uh, three quarters of a cup dark brown sugar, a half cup of granulated sugar. We're going to use two eggs, a teaspoon of vanilla extract, one and a half cups of just all-purpose flour. We need um, some gluten in there to bind all of this together because there isn't gluten in the oats. You're not going to develop any any stretchiness or anything like that. They're not going to be super stretchy, but just so they don't crumble apart, we need one and a half cups of all-purpose flour, a teaspoon of baking soda, a teaspoon of cinnamon, a half teaspoon of salt, and three cups of oatmeal. Now, if you're making this, I don't expect you to grow you know a field of oats to make cookies. You can use quick oats. Old-fashioned oatmeal, rolled oats, you know, something. Uh, get one of those cardboard tubes of, of Quaker oats or whatever. We're going to use three cups of that. Then for the cream filling, it's basically a buttercream. Uh, three quarters a cup of unsalted butter, also softened. softened. Now, look at this. I mean, talking about making a, a recipe that's marginally healthier for you than, than the uh, cellophane-wrapped Little Debbie cakes. Uh, we are using a total of 
holy jeez, one one and three quarters cups of butter uh, in these cookies. Uh, three quarters of a cup of sugar, half cups. So that'd be um, one and a quarter, three, three and three quarters of a cup of sugar total between the brown sugar, the granulated sugar. And for the cream filling, we need two and a half cups of confectioner sugar, powdered sugar, essentially. A teaspoon of vanilla extract and a tablespoon of milk or half and half. We need a little bit of just uh, uh, of a thinner liquid to fluff up that cream filling. So start off, we can preheat our oven to 350 degrees. The, uh, the, the preparation time for making the cookies is very short. So in the time that it takes to preheat the oven and let it kind of hold that temperature for a few minutes, we'll be able to make the cookie component here. Now for this one, I did use the stand mixer in that bowl. Um, I, I, I used the stand mixer bowl and then I used the hand mixer to actually cream the butter and sugar. So what we do is we cream together the butter and sugar from the cookie recipe uh, for about three minutes. You want that to be nice and smooth and consistent or whatever. Add your eggs and vanilla, and then you can mix that up until it combines into like a nice uh, thick custardy cream, more or less. Then in a separate mixing bowl, we're going to whisk together our flour, baking soda, cinnamon, and salt. The dry ingredients, essentially, uh, the dry powdery ingredients. Mix those all together. Add that slowly to your wet ingredients. So you have your wet ingredients in the mixing bowl of the stand mixer. At this point, I, I attach the, the paddle attachment, the, the paddle mixer attachment. Get that going on like a medium three or four, you know, nothing too violent. And then slowly add your flour to that ingredient and it will just form kind of a nice wet ball of the cookie dough, essentially. Once you've got that all in there, then add your um, oats, and kind of incorporate those into the dough. That, that's that's your cookie dough recipe. Super simple. Turn that out onto. I mean, you can just you can leave it in the bowl. You can turn it out onto a cutting board or a, a baking sheet or whatever. And then I used an ice cream scoop because it's roughly three tablespoons, you know. And I'm grabbing balls of dough with the ice cream scoop. And then just to, to make them so that they're they're nicely shaped, like you could just turn out just balls of dough under the thing, but we want these to flatten out a little bit. We want them to be sandwich cookies. So I roll those in my hands and then press them flat a little bit and then put them on a parchment lined baking sheet. In hindsight, my cookies did turn out pretty thick. I thought that they, with all the butter that's in there, I thought that they would really kind of like spread out and, and sink down to make a flat cookie, but they did have a nice mound to the top. They made really good cookies, but um, kind of rustic sandwich cookies, if you know what I mean. So you can press those out a little flatter than I did. Maybe go for between a quarter and a half inch thickness, and then give yourself like a good inch around that cookie um, in between individual uh, units so they don't fuse together in the oven. Okay. And you can press those out, put them on the baking sheet. I think I made a total of like 18 or nine, I made 19. I had one extra that I couldn't make a cookie out of. So that was our tester. So we had 18 of those and they were fairly large. You could probably get a full like 24 if you press them out a little flatter and make them a little bit smaller. Okay. Once you got them all out on the cookie sheet, baking sheet, whatever, put them in the oven, that 350 degree oven for approximately 12 minutes. I think I was thinking that it was 12 to 15 minutes It's actually 10 to 12 minutes. So I went for 14 minutes, kind of like intermediary between there, knowing that I had a larger cookie. In retrospect, I think going for the 12 minutes is a little better. My cookies were, they're soft and palatable, but they're not as soft as the Little Debbie cake. 
So uh, 12 minutes, I think would be great. 10 minutes, I think you're getting a little, a little low there. After 10 minutes, they weren't sufficiently done. So 12 minutes will be great. After 12 minutes, pull that baking sheet out, let it sit on the counter for five to 10 minutes so they can cool a little bit. They'll be very soft at that point um, when they first come out of the oven. And then after five to 10 minutes, they'll still be soft, but they will cool enough that you can very easily with a spatula remove those from the parchment and set them on a wire rack to cool completely without um, risking, you know, parts that overhang the, the spatula kind of breaking off due to gravity and softness. So let those cookies cool completely on a wire rack after five minutes after they come out of the oven. And then we will prepare our cream filling. We want those cookies to be super cool because the cream filling also has a huge amount of butter in it. And we don't want that to melt when we assemble our sandwiches. Okay. So again, using the bowl of the stand mixer, but not using the actual stand mixer. And the reason I like to use the stand mixer bowl is because it is big, it is deep, and it has a handle on it. You could use a regular mixing bowl, not a big deal, but we already have a dirty quote unquote mixing bowl. And by dirty, it's clean. Like it doesn't have debris attached to the side of it, but there is like butter smeared, uh, you know, a buttery greasy coating in there. So we can just use that existing bowl. And with the hand mixer, we are going to beat our softened butter on medium high, or, you know, you can kick it up to high every once in a while to spin the butter out of the beaters so that you can kind of regather it and continue beating it. But you want to beat this for five minutes before we even put any sugar in there. We want to make this butter very fluffy, light, and smooth. By beating it for five minutes, we're going to incorporate a lot of air into the butter, and that's going to make it kind of fluffy, okay? So that's really important. Five minutes of beating. Then you look at it and do, do it with the hand hand mixer. You know, if you're doing it with the stand mixer, you set it and forget it. You know, you do it with the hand mixer. You're sitting there staring at the clock. It feels like a long time. Like five minutes of hand mixing is a considerable amount. All right. So we're going to turn the speed down on the mixer beaters to low, like the lowest setting so that it's just sort of churning through this butter. And then we're going to add the powdered sugar. Now you really should add this, like kind of trickle it in there. What do we have? Powdered sugar, two and a half cups. If you put that into uh, a lipped mixing bowl, you can kind of pour it in uh, gently. Uh, I started doing that and then it kind of, you know how you get that avalanche of powdered ingredients when the individual grains lock together and then it all just sort of goes, whoa, that happened to me. So all that confectioner sugar went straight into the butter and guess what? Didn't matter. It's still incorporated fine. It's still fluffed up real nice. Um, so I guess the 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 best the the six sigma best practices way to do it would be to gradually incorporate the sugar into the butter. But if you just dump it all in there, it also works. Okay. So we get that until it's all mixed together. It's combined, and it's going to be kind of like a thick frosting, kind of a spackle at this point. So uh, we're going to turn the mixer back up to like medium so that we're getting a good beating action in there. And we're going to beat that butter and confectioner sugar for an additional three to five minutes. Oh my God, we have like 10 minutes of mixing here to make this delicious fluffy cream filling, but it's worth it because you want it to be, you don't want it to be like solid buttercream icing between the two cookies. You want it to be smushy and soft and palatable and all that. So we're going to beat that for three to five minutes, and then we're going to add the vanilla extract and the tablespoon of milk so that we can really just sort of fluff this up at the end. But that's it. Basically, you want it to be nice and fluffy and creamy, 
And then listen, ha, when you're assembling these cookies, if you really want to, you can get out the piping bags and the nozzles and you can spoon all that frosting into a bag and then pipe it out onto your cookies. Listen, we made nine oatmeal cream pies from this. So I just used a, a spatula, you know, like a small silicone spatula. You could use a spoon, whatever, and just smear, smeared, smeared a little bit of that frosting on each cookie and then put the lid on, pressed them down. You want to leave, you know, a half inch of room around the rim of the cookie whenever you spoon the cream on there, because whenever you put the lid on and you push it down, that cream's going to kind of like nudge out to the edges. And then uh, what do we do? We, we got them all put together like that, left them out at room temperature a while to kind of like set and, and, and acclimate. And, you know, they're, they're fully cooled and everything. Um, but you put them out there so everybody knows that there are fresh homemade oatmeal cream pies on the counter. And then we put them into one-gallon Ziploc bags to put into the refrigerator so that they would stay moist and soft. And then after two days and after two oatmeal cream pies, you realize, oh, man, nine oatmeal cream pies is a little bit much for like two or three people to consume in a reasonable amount of time. So then we, we package those up and put them in the freezer and they will keep for a good long time that way. These are really beautiful, super delicious. And if you want to, if you want to try to get closer to like the little Debbie color, texture, flavor, all that kind of stuff, what you can do is you can experiment with adding in uh, maybe a little bit of molasses, maybe a little maple syrup, maybe some, uh, if you get some molasses and then uh, in like a food processor, maybe do two or three tablespoons of raisins and then pulse that so that it becomes smooth and incorporated, then you'll get a lot. You'll get a sugar component to the cookie that is much darker than just the brown sugar. And that may impart a nice decadent, soft, gooey texture and deep brown color to your cookies. But otherwise, I think that mine turned out fantastic. They had a nice rustic appearance to them. And the fact that, I mean, these were oats that I grew and I'm, oh, I, I didn't even mention that. So I got whole oats here. I got to make that into oat flour. So I use the grain mill attachment for the, for the stand mixer and just pass those oats through there on a fairly, uh, what would be, I guess it would be coarse. Yeah. Yeah. Because fine would be the smallest, you know, granules, the, the finest grinding setting. I went through on the coarsest grinding setting and got really nice. It wasn't like you get rolled oats, but you get these nice oat flakes that come out of the individual kernels as they pass between the grinding plates, the grinding stones. And I was really happy with the texture and consistency of the milled oats. It would make a wonderful oatmeal, which, you know, we'll get to making that here soon. I'm not going to do an episode on oatmeal. It's like, you know, mill your oats, boil some water, easy, breezy, beautiful. But uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, oatmeal cream pies, surprisingly easy to make. I mean, what? 12 minutes of baking time, 10 minutes of prep, another 10 minutes, 10, 20, 30. You're looking at 30 to 45 minutes to get an absolutely uh, knock your socks off little confection. Everybody will be really, really impressed by it. So that's it. Oatmeal cream pies made from homegrown oats and uh, cooked in my oven. Uh, thanks for listening this week. You guys, have a wonderful week. Make these oatmeal cream pies. You'll love them. Super simple. Talk to you later. Bye.